Shut up and sit down. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Book of Man podcast, episode two. We've actually made it to a second episode, which has surprised me just as much as it surprised you. Um, the original plan for episode two, we were going to have an interview with Brett Meadows, uh, and we were going to be looking at some uh, fantasy booking scenarios and things. Uh, however, um, Instead, uh, we are still going to have the interview with Brett Meadows, but what I'm actually going to talk about in this uh, in this podcast is uh, I'm going to be taking a look, uh, as this came out overnight, um, it seems, the uh, Wrestling Observer uh, 2020 Awards. Uh, I'm going to have a look at those, and uh, we're going to talk through those a little bit. Um, firstly, though, uh, Elimination Chamber happened last weekend, uh, tuned into that, and um, overall... It was kind of alright, I guess. Um, it was okay. Uh, the first chamber I thought was the better of the two. Um, Daniel Bryan winning in that one was not surprising. The way that they uh, killed him at the end with Roman Reigns was, again, not very surprising. But I thought that would have been a platform to uh, to push on to Daniel Bryan challenging reigns at wrestlemania but they've actually used that somehow to set up uh, edge against roman reigns um, which kind of just leaves daniel bryan looking like a bit of a, a chump in the whole situation in my opinion uh, they also had on that show the the triple threat for the united states title where the biggest jobber on the roster uh, riddle who never seems to win a match um won the u.s title and did so by not actually beating bobby lashley um not sure how I feel about that. I'm not the biggest Riddle fan. Uh, I find him utterly unlikable. Uh, nothing about his presentation personality appeals to me. Um, but I guess the, it was necessary to get the belt off of uh, off of Bobby. Uh, I guess off of Lashley um, for what was to come. Uh, the women's tag team championships. I'm glad that we didn't see. Sasha and uh, Bianca Belair take the titles because we've seen the champion and challenger becoming tag team champions thing way too often so I'm glad that didn't happen um, and leaves them wide open for their Wrestlemania feud which I'm looking forward to and in the the um, the Raw chamber I was surprised we didn't see any shenanigans with the, uh, with the Fiend but um, uh, not surprised uh, that Drew retained in this, um, which was uh, which was good. Yeah, I was not surprised by that um, at all. Uh, the post match was surprising though, and and actually really good. I thought um, not the biggest fan of the Miz becoming champion, but um, if it leads to um, after seeing Raw, if it leads to Bobby Lashley winning the championship, I think um, he's been booked incredibly strongly. I would actually like to see. Drew McIntyre go on to face Sheamus at WrestleMania. Bobby Lashley win the title from The Miz. The Miz can carry on his little thing with Bad Bunny. And maybe this is an opportunity to finally give us the Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley feud that was talked about a few years ago with uh, Bobby Lashley defending the WWE Championship against Brock. And then, of course, you can go back to Drew after WrestleMania. Hopefully, crowds will be back in um, the buildings more regularly. 
once WrestleMania is done and then Drew can can no doubt win the title back a little bit further down the line. Overall though, it was it was alright. It, it flew by pretty quickly with so few matches on the show. Um, but generally though, WrestleMania's kind of shaping up a little bit. We know um, that we're going to get Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. We know we're going to get Edge and Roman Reigns. Um, and then the WWE Championship situation is, is getting quite interesting. Um, so I think we're likely to either get uh, Bobby Lashley against Drew McIntyre or we're uh, maybe sticking with The Miz and the Drew McIntyre steamrolls him at Mania, but we'll, um, we'll see. Uh, if you want to hear how I would have booked this year's WrestleMania card, um, then listen to last week's podcast if you haven't already. I talk through how I would shape up that WrestleMania two-night card for WrestleMania this year. Um, but what I want to talk about is uh, the Wrestling Observer and Newsletter Awards for 2020. Because I'm not going to lie, these kind of surprised me, um, but at the same time didn't surprise me. Um, so I'm going to get the list up in front of me here and just talk through these um, and see whether I agree or disagree with them. So... Um, top of this list here 2020 awards wrestler of the year John Moxley um, I actually couldn't disagree more um, what's he done really um, every single big match that John Moxley has had has turned into some hardcore uh, street fight type match which um, I'm not a fan of I think uh, it's not that he's not capable of just having a standard wrestling match but it seems like in AEW uh, that's all he does, and, and it doesn't appeal to me at all. It's garbage matches, and uh, and I'm not a fan. So I actually strongly disagree with Wrestler of the Year John Moxley, um, Female Wrestler of the Year Bailey. Um, it's hard to argue that one really. Um, she had a really good 2020. The whole uh, friendship followed by feud with Sasha Banks was was really good. Um, so yeah, I would probably agree with that one. Um, Tag Team of the Year, the Young Bucks. Um, again, um, I, dis- I, I disagree. And I'm not going to just disagree because it's AEW. I'm disagreeing because, um, I mean, there was the match with... Kenny Omega and Hangman Page was decent. It was it was good for for if you like that kind of thing. Um, but other than that, they've not had any real any matches that stand out to me. The match with um, FTR was was good, but not as good as as I'd hoped it would be. It was more of a Young Bucks match than it was an FTR match, and which wasn't um, what I was expecting. And and yeah, I just I just think it's been thrown at them because the world has been told that they're the best tag team in the world, so we kind of have to go along with it. But yeah, they're the most unbelievable. I mean, this is like like two children doing flips, and and then generally not as good as people think they are. Um, the next award is Most Outstanding Wrestler of the Year, which goes to Kenny Omega. Um, I'm not sure I understand the award. Most Outstanding Wrestler. Surely, if someone's the most out, if they're outstanding, then surely they're the Wrestler of the Year. Seems like an award just to give Kenny Omega an award, which wouldn't surprise me. Um, yes, I don't really understand that. Um, Kenny Omega's been pretty boring 
up until he won the title, which was fairly late in the year, because it was at the Winter is Coming show, I think, um, that that happened, if I'm not mistaken. So it was fairly late in the year that Kenny Omega even got into a major storyline. All the stuff with Hangman Page was pretty boring. Um, So I don't really know how he can get that award. Um, Yeah, it seems like an award just to give a guy an award. Um, The guy can't cut a promo. And people say he's the best wrestler in the world is shocking to me. I I can't get my head around it personally. And if you've noticed on a lot of videos of him lately, he doesn't seem to have any eyebrows. So that's a a mark him down on that. Um, Most Improved Wrestler of the Year, Britt Baker. Um, I haven't actually seen that much of Britt Baker. Uh, I enjoy a lot of her promos, but in terms of her in-ring stuff, I don't think she's actually been having that many matches. She was out for most of last year with an injury. So um, in terms of promo, I can see why she's got that award. In terms of in-ring, I don't really know why she would have that. Um... Underrated wrestler of the year go went to Ricochet. Um, yeah, I can see I can see why he's won that. Uh, I like Ricochet. He's like if you've got to have a guy doing loads of flips, please let it be Ricochet because his look better than everybody else's. So yeah, I think it, they've got to miss the boat of him a little bit, and he's been too far, too low on the totem pole for too long that he probably won't get above that level now um, I would have preferred to have seen someone like him in the spot that Riddle's in now um, but what do I know um, overrated wrestler of the year Bray Wyatt um, I get it I do get it I get why that's the case um, in this award Bray Wyatt's a weird one for me because I'm always curious as to what he's going to do. Um, I don't always necessarily enjoy everything he's going to do, but I'm always curious as to what he's going to do. Um, but I think The Fiend as a as a character is overexposed. So The Fiend, in my opinion, should be saved for those special occasions, special big matches um, big moments, but it was kind of overexposed and was on Raw every week and things for a while. And um, yeah, I don't think the Fiend Bray Wyatt in general has really had that classic match. And I know that that he's, he's the character work is is the main thing here, as instead of you know having these great matches. But yeah, sooner or later you just want to see something else out of Bray Wyatt. Um, yeah, so I can I can get that overrated maybe. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, for me, most overrated would be Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and John Moxley, who've all won big awards on here. So what do I know? Uh, Rookie of the Year, Pat McAfee. Um, I actually I actually pretty much agree with that. He was really entertaining while he was on NXT. Um, his match with Adam Cole was superb. Uh, yeah, constantly a really good promo, constantly a really good heel. And um, yeah, it's a shame he went away. He was one of the more entertaining parts of NXT. And, and Birch Lorcan and, and Pete Dunne 
are a little bit lost without him there as their mouthpiece because none of them are particularly um, good promo. So, so the sooner McAfee comes back, uh, the better. Um, best non-wrestler of the year um, goes to Taz. Um, I guess. I mean, I've I've enjoyed seeing Taz um, back on TV in a different role than he's been in the past. Uh, I know he tried managing in TNA. He was manager for Samoa Joe, I think, for a while, um, which on paper sounds really good, but didn't work. Whereas this seems to be working quite nicely. Um, Yeah, but the thing is, initially he was cutting some promos that were very much... um, close to the nail they were were taking some shots at the WWE and and trying to be controversial and I think in all honesty in his group like Will Hobbs has done nothing since joining Taz's group he was doing more as a as a a baby face Um, Ricky Starks is really good and in my opinion should be cutting his own promos because he's he's a very very good promo Um, Brian Cage just for me just doesn't suit Taz and what Taz has always been all about so I don't know I think it's a bit of a mismatch but I can see it Taz has been been good as a, a promo in the last 12 months so yeah I don't have much of a problem with that uh, high flyer of the year Ray Phoenix um, I mean he can do some really impressive stuff um, he also fucks up a lot of that stuff, quite a lot. Um, I don't know what what do you judge that on? Um, should technically Ricochet is a is a better high flyer than Ray Phoenix. Uh, his stuff looks a lot better, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's for me. I can see why he's got that award, but I don't necessarily. I'm not necessarily a big fan of uh, of his. Technical Wrestler of the Year, Zack Sabre Jr. Um, not going to lie, uh, I've not seen that much of his stuff over the last 12 months, so I'm going to pass by that award. Um, he's very good. What I have seen of him is very good. Um, but again, I, I don't feel qualified to really say that he deserves it or not. Um most charismatic wrestler of the year MJF yeah if you're talking about MJF um, from kind of when Dynamite started through till uh, the feud with Chris Jericho and joining the inner circle then absolutely MJF was brilliant Um, really enjoyed a lot of his stuff Uh, classic heel stuff and then he joined the inner circle and it's all been a bit shit Um, doesn't get to cut promos Uh, I watched him in MLW for several years and and he was the highlight of that show on the mic and yeah i just think he doesn't need to be in a position where he's getting overshadowed by chris jericho so um yeah i'd rather see him on his own uh with with wardlow was was a good combination but yeah not since joining the inner circle i've not really enjoyed uh, MJF stuff too much he doesn't have a lot of matches either it's all tag matches and things and I don't think that really showcases MJF to his uh, best of his abilities uh, move of the year um, 
This went to Kenny Omega's One Winged Angel. Um, probably given that award simply because it's Kenny Omega's finishing move. Um, and it gives Dave Meltzer a hard-on. Um, yeah, I guess that I can see why people like it. I think one of the good things about it is it's protected. Um, so, as far as I'm aware, um, not many people have kicked out of it, especially in AEW. I don't know if anyone ever has. Um, so, on that respect, it's it's protected and and that's good. I'd actually say a move of the year in terms of um, in terms of my enjoyment. I, I really enjoy the Claymore. Um, as a as a move is is really good. Um, I've actually been quite partial to the uh, to the I don't even know what he what he calls it now the the move that Lance Archer does on AEW hoists him up like a reverse razor's edge style and drops him down kind of Michinoku driver landing. Um, I think he used to call it the Texas Tower Bomb back when he was. Um, Dallas or Lance Hoyt over in uh, TNA but I don't know what he calls it now but I always kind of like that move but and if you're not winning matches then uh, or you're not seeing it often enough then I guess it's not going to win uh, an award like this uh, Feud of the Year John Moxley and Eddie Kingston um, yeah Eddie Kingston cuts a good promo, as does John Moxley. The match was fucking garbage. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I actually think the feud of the year should have should have gone to Sasha and Bailey. Was a was a really good feud that built slowly, or the Roman and Jey Uso feud, which was um, which was really good as well. So, um, yeah, I disagree with that one. And, the thing is, like, this is going to sound like I'm just saying that, that AEW shit and WWE's great. No, WWE's pretty shit a lot of the time as well. Um, but to ignore all of AEW's faults just because it's the, the hot new company um, is stupid, really. Um, and they need to... People need to see it for what it is and it's it, John Moxley against Eddie Kingston is not the best feud in a calendar year and if it is then quite frankly I fucking give up um, worst feud of the year Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman um, I didn't enjoy it uh, I can see why people didn't like it um, it was pretty shit to be fair there wasn't a good match amongst anything that they did I don't think um yeah, so I don't, I don't really disagree with that, and I can see why it was um, put as worst feud of the year. Um, yeah, could have been worse. Orange Cassidy could have been involved, <laughs> but there you go. Um, match of the year: Kenny Omega and Hangman Page against the Young Bucks. It was good. It was as good as it's the most that I'm going to enjoy. Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. It was alright. It was decent. I, I actually enjoyed the match. Um, but I don't think it was match of the year. Um, if you're... The, the next award was the worst match of the year, being Bray Wyatt 
and Braun Strowman in the swamp fight, and that was dreadful. Um, but that's to completely ignore. That's to completely ignore things like the the tooth and nail thing with Big Swole and Britt Baker. How can you say anything was was much worse than that? Um, but if we if we can include cinematic things as they have for the worst match of the year, then for me the uh, thing, things like the Boneyard was was fantastic. I thought Edge and Randy Orton was uh, Backlash was was really good. Do I think it was the, the best wrestling match ever? No, but it was really good. Um, yeah, and I just think that this is a little bit blind. Um, you know, voting on that putting that award on that tag match for the sake of it because you know give it a I mean I've had to really think I, I can't I remember thinking it was a decent tag match but I don't remember leaving that match thinking wow I've seen something special and I think if it's going to be match of the year then um, it should be that uh, we covered worst match of the year I can see why it went to the swamp fight <laughs> best weekly show of the year dynamite um, no is the answer to that in my opinion uh, it's a dreadful television show in terms of its formatting um, to be quite honest the every match seems to end and then there's interference afterwards um, everyone's always getting attacked in the backstage area or kidnapped or the same shit like they, they had Sting debut and then for like six weeks straight it was just Sting walks to the ring Tony Schiavone's in the ring Sting's about to speak out come Team Taz we have a standoff it was just it's just fucking boring in places everything with the inner circle's been shit um, Kenny Omega as I said can't cut a promo I actually look forward to um, you know I look forward to fucking Impact and MLW although Obviously, for most of 2020, that wasn't um, wasn't running shows. Uh, Ring of Honor, since it came back, um, have, have all, in my opinion, been really good television programs. And Impact's got this cheesy shit in there, you know. Um, but it's been, for the most part, a better show, in my opinion. And SmackDown's been really good. I mean, you've got... Cesaro, Daniel Bryan, Nakamura, Jey Uso, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, all consistently Apollo Crews, Big E, all putting on really good matches week in, week out. I mean, it's just genuinely a better show than Dynamite. Um, so yeah, that's sucking Tony Khan's dick, giving that award to, to him. For that one, worst weekly show of the year, Raw. I can see why um, a lot of matches repeated all the time um just because with it being three hours it just feels like a slog every time i watch it so i can see why um it got the worst show of the year um promoter of the year tony khan <sighs> based on what a mediocre television show <laughs> uh, yeah i don't yeah, i don't even know um, can't run a football club, can't run a wrestling promotion. <laughs> that's that's a bit harsh. Now that AEW, I want it to succeed. I want it to do well, and it is doing well. Um, but it, I, the reason it frustrates me is that I look at AEW and what 
it could be, and it could be a fantastic wrestling show. And what they promised at the start was a sports-based presentation, and, and it hasn't been. It's just been more of the standard kind of WWE-style storylines with a bunch of guys, a lot of them have not really learned how to work TV um, a lot of the lower down guys I mean some of them are just shite you watch Dark and things like that and it's fucking embarrassing but what do I know again people like Kenny Omega you know is there no, there's no per, in my opinion there's no personality there if you want to talk about his personality um, the stuff that he has done has all been in the start of this year so it can't be a 2020 award in my opinion um, best promotion of the year obviously went to AEW worst promotion of the year obviously went to WWE because it's you know Dave Meltzer uh, best major show of the year AEW Revolution again I can't remember what was on it so it can't have been that good um, that tag match with the Young Bucks Kenny Omega and Hangman Page was um, was on there but yeah I don't know worst major show of the year went to Super Showdown um, yeah I get it I get why um, those shows are always a weird watch the crowd are always a bit strange in terms of the, the, the noise they make and and things um, but yeah I think mainly that show gets shit on because of the Goldberg beating the Fiend stuff but hey I didn't have a problem with that um, gimmick of the year Orange Cassidy wow so gimmick of the year goes to someone that literally their gimmick is they put their hands in their pockets fuck if only we'd have known it was that easy to be the best gimmick in the world shit uh, worst gimmick of the year The Fiend um, and people can criticise The Fiend but The Fiend is at least trying to be interesting and at least it you always kind of don't quite know what he's, what they're going to do next with The Fiend so I guess that can't really be the worst thing if you're always kind of second guessing what they're going to do next it, and that keeps it interesting so I'm more of a fan of the Bray Wyatt children's TV presenter and I thought that was actually scarier than The Fiend in a lot of ways um, best announcer of the year Excalibur because he can say the moves and pronounce things uh, Mexican and Japanese names and, and all this kind of stuff who fucking cares the old waffles on everything and he wears a fucking stupid mask so I can't take him seriously um, yeah I think he's shit um, barely tolerate him uh, JR on commentary with him sounds like he's not interested I actually think Tony Schiavone's been better than Excalibur in all honesty if we're just talking AEW um, and I quite enjoy Samoa Joe in WWE on commentary uh, at least he sounds like he's he's into it worst uh, announcer of the year went to Michael Cole um, yeah a lot of people don't like him so yeah I get it but I'd actually put Excalibur in the worst commentator of the year um, most disgusting promotional tactic of the year has this always been an award 
WWE firing employees during a pandemic where they were setting profit records. Yeah, it seems like they've just invented an award so they can have a dig at WWE. Um, I do agree that it was a bit shit, but um, yeah, it seems a bit like just needlessly taking a shot there. Um, Best on interviews, Eddie Kingston. I disagree. He cuts a good promo, but they've not given him enough um, meat on the bone, really. His promos are getting a bit samey now. Um, John Moxley cuts decent promos. Um, for some reason, always in an alleyway or, or whatever, <laughs> or by a fence or, or whatever. But yeah, he cuts decent promos. Roman Reigns has been really good with the head of the table stuff. Um yeah, MJF is a really good promo. Um, yeah, I can see why people like Eddie Kingston's promos. They're very passionate. But again, I think yeah, they're starting to get a little bit repetitive. Uh, best documentary of the year, Dark Side of the Ring. Um, that was a documentary series. It would have been nice for them to just um, state one particular documentary from that series. But um, the Dark Side of the Ring stuff are really, really good. I, I really enjoy them. Um, I will give a shout out to the Yokozuna documentary. I really enjoyed that on the WWE Network. Um, so, to summarise, um, Dave Meltzer really likes AEW, doesn't he? Um, and again, I don't want this to come across like like I hate them. I don't. I want them to do well. I want them to do really well because um, you know the more places for guys to work, and you know the bigger wrestling is in general. You know, it's on TNT, fuck's sake. That's a massive channel in America. So it's a, it's a really big deal. And, and I just don't want them to fuck it up. I want them to do well. Um, obviously, Kip, who used to wrestle for DOA, works for them. And I want him to keep having a job. Um, and actually, some of the stuff with him, Penelope Ford, um, has been cheesy but funny. Um, Rusev... Sorry, Miro is someone that I've always been a big fan of. Um, and we see glimpses of him as an absolute destroyer, but not enough of it, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. And, of course, I want AEW to do well. I want them to succeed. I want um, people to have jobs and more places to work and, and, and everything. I just think that if you don't criticise them when they need to be criticised and just say, yeah, everything's brilliant, then they'll never get better. And I think they're trying too hard to appeal to uh, the kind of um, the existing fan base as opposed to trying to attract a bigger fan base. Um, but again, I could be I could be way off base and I could be completely wrong and, and everything they're doing is... is amazing and uh and it's just my opinion that sucks so uh <laughs> um but as with everything i'm entitled to it so <laughs> uh, i will uh, i will stick with it um right so that was me pretty much just tearing down the uh, wrestling observer uh, awards for 2020 so um but i want to know what you thought of those uh, awards am i wrong is dave Meltzer wrong 
Uh, I want to know who you would have uh, put in those uh, positions on those different categories. Um, get a bit of discussion going on that. And, uh, and now what we're going to do is we're going to take um, you over to our interview. And I say interview very loosely. It was basically me catching up with uh, my good friend, uh, Brett Meadows. And um, we just uh, chatted some shit for a while. We talked about wrestling, obviously. And also video games and a little bit of music and, and everything in between. And generally just had a bit of a giggle. And um, we're going to let you listen to us having a bit of a catch up. So uh, I hope you enjoy listening to us uh, laughing. <laughs> and, uh, and I'll see you on the other side of this interview. Ahead. Okay. Well, I'm not going to do a big, uh, long introduction for you because Why? I feel like this is this is not going to be in any way um, the serious. Sorry, <laughs> it's not going to be a serious conversation. I can already tell. Uh, hey, I'll be serious. I'll be an adult about it. You're being an adult about it. I will be an adult. I'll be a grown up. We can oh. have a grown up conversation. Well, says the, per- says the person that, that how many times have you told me that you're 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 not going to be making it to the venue on time, or you're stuck in traffic, or it's come from this this guy, and then two minutes later you walk in the door. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> just just because you want to see the angry potato <laughs> stomp stomping around in a huff. <laughs> <laughs> Dickhead. Right. Let's, let's do like a medium. Let's do a medium sensible one. Okay, Me- medium. I can cope with medium sensible. That's medium fine. Sensible. Okay, that's cool. Um, okay, so so wrestling. Yeah, wrestling. Um, yeah, remember you actually, that. Yeah, you actually. Yeah, I, I can't vaguely remember it. Um, you actually stayed up and watched the Royal Rumble, right? I did. Yeah. I, wait, how good's that? I watched. Some what on earth were you thinking? Because I miss it. Ah, well. I don't know if I miss watching WWE, but I miss wrestling. Did you Did you drink your way through it? I did have some drink. Yep, I was thirsty. That's That's not like you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, enjoy, I enjoyed the women's rumble. I thought the women's rumble was really good. I thought, I thought that was better than the men's. Um, By the first 10 minutes of the men's rumble, I was like, what am I watching? Yeah, um, I thought... Got yeah, they gave away the the end right at the beginning because it was so it was so obvious that when they had Randy Orton leave that he was going to come back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Wrestling's so open, isn't it? And everyone knows it's all bollocks. So yeah, by, by doing that, I was kind of like, you've already told the story. It was, you mm. know. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was a bit. Uh, yeah, I, I watched it the, the following day because, you know, I'm not crazy. Um, I, I don't think I could have uh, could have managed. I can do I can do staying up to watch shows when I'm in company, but on my own, I would have just fell asleep. I think. Uh, fair. Yeah, definitely. Especially with that that show, it wasn't good. I struggle with the whole no crowd shows anyway. Like. I can't watch for two. Yeah, they're a bit weird. I, I don't know if I like all the pipes noise, but I guess I've got to do something. Yeah, but if you if you go back and watch the first bunch of shows that they did without a crowd and they didn't have the piped in noise, that's okay. just unwatchable. 
Oh, no, no, it's weird. No, I watched the rugby the other day and they piped crowd noise into the rugby and I was like, this is really weird. Do you know what I mean? Like piping yeah. noise into the rugby matches and I was like, but I suppose it's got to be done. Yeah, it's just uh, to try and add a little bit of uh, atmosphere, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely not the same. Um, so uh, let's talk about you then. Uh, I feel like you like you like talking about you. So, well, busty, bitch, than before lockdown, baking, shaking, drinking, yeah. making, baby making. I don't know. No, I haven't made any babies, by the way. Just, just for the record, just, just, actual, just, just for the record, just for the record. Not, not actually, actually having children. No, just a food baby. <laughs> <laughs> I've done some exercise. Uh, yeah. Played some guitar. I played guitar quite a lot, actually. Just Yeah, I've, I enjoyed one of the songs you put up the other day. It's been a bit of a, uh, a revelation for people during lockdown, hasn't it? The, the Brett with a guitar. Oh, mate, I've got loads of guitars. Just like when wrestling happens, I just don't pick them up, though, because they, yeah. they just gather dust. And it's only because I've got time to just sit down and chill, I guess, that I've been... Yeah back jamming and stuff and writing stuff and mate i write loads and loads of songs i just never really play them i'm just like mm. i play them like once when i write them and then forget them i'm like we've got like books and books of songs i was like oh shit there's some there's like a load of songs here that i don't even remember and i'm like literally i read the lyrics i'm like i don't even remember how this song goes <laughs> and, like, legit and i'm just like I might as well just throw yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know? finding finding different things are filling your time yeah. um than just wrestling um yeah well because it takes up probably like it's like probably a third of my life when it's busy mm. i'd say that it's genuinely like a third of my life is different now mm -hmm. so, like, so it's kind of good though because it's like other things that i used to do i sort of uh throwing back in so i've been gaming a lot more which is not a bad thing everyone games loads more so uh it's quite fun because we're always online with the lads killing each other and dropping into warzone and remembering yeah, cheers, the cheers for the invite cheers hey. for the invite yeah well, I didn't even know you had, mate. I didn't even know potatoes had machines that could play games on. Come on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Dickhead. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got Warzone. Have you got a PS4? Yeah. I didn't, mate. I didn't know you were in the cool... I thought you were in that... This like, is, this is, this is the day I find out that, that we're not really friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big fan. I always see, like, Corey McRae and them boys on, but I never play with them. It's got a little select few that we just jump in and uh, we just get on it and mash it up. It's fun. It's good love. We've been playing GTA again loads. And I'm like, how is this game still so good after all these years? And, uh, yeah, so... it's one of those that just doesn't get old. No, no, like literally I probably hadn't played it for a year. Legit, not for a year. Put it on, I'm like, man, this game's so much fun. And, like, I don't know, you just forget. You don't play it. But, yeah, um, it's... Um... I was playing Warzone the other day and just getting abused by by my brother over a headset. It was just ridiculous. He gets very, very angry. Dude, not... These guys have got serious issues online, I'm telling you. <laughs> I, I, I'm not very good at it, admittedly. Um, but, you know, I, I like the idea of just running around shooting stuff. So, I mean, I'm on board. <laughs> I'm on board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just not very good at it. <laughs> no, no, I'm probably not. I'm not as good as I'd like to be, mate. My son is amazing at it. It makes me really angry. 
Yeah, but then uh, at the same token, I remember being very good at computer games when I was younger, and then I pick up things now. Like, I bought the, I got bought the uh, the remastered versions of the Crash Bandicoot games because I remember loving them as a kid and started, and I remember completing all of them and, and really enjoying it. And I'm I'm stuck on like level five on the first <laughs> one. I just can't do it. Cannot do it. No, I do game quite a lot, but yeah, like I think you kind of have to commit some time towards Warzone to really mm. get tactics. We'll we'll play it like I'll see like literally I see him and his little crew playing. I'm like, mate, these they're so good at it. Like the other mm. day, I'm not even joking. They got like five Warzone wins in a row. I'm like, how? How are you getting five wins in a row? I'm like, we're struggling to get second place. Like, what the hell? you know but i think they're much more organized and they've they've got their tactics down like i watched i watched like like uh his cousin they're like they played together and like his cousin literally like takes out two whole teams on her own on her on her own and i'm like what <laughs> like, if i've got two people i'm like man i'm gonna get killed here do you know what i mean <laughs> so, so yeah. obviously you, well, you play warzone and a little bit of gta what other games have you been playing over so, lockdown mate, resident evil in vr just horrifying so ah, good is, i've not i've not uh, played in, in vr at all oh mate it's like uh it's genuinely like um it's it's so immersive it's you get mm. like so i get to a point like with it like it's good but like there's a bit where i'm like right so i've literally been killed by this chainsaw like several times i'm just gonna literally pause and restart rather than watch myself die again because it's so immersive mm. it's just it's kind of like almost uncomfortable right like, okay honestly it's so good like the like you like on resident evil there's a couple of bits in it that genuinely get you jumping like because you're mm. just like man and you're so immersed in it and the depth is you know you feel like you can touch the stuff in there it's it's very cool the vr stuff like Obviously, a lot of people suffer from motion sickness. Like, I've got like friends and that that really can't play games like that because the mm. motion sickness really does make them ill. And there's some there's some games like uh, there's some older games that aren't really set up for VR that they've got VR in and and they the movement's horrible in them, so it does make you feel right. odd. Um, but like you know, like Wipeout, I don't know if you ever played the Wipeout games, the Wipeout sort of space racing games and that. Yeah, I like, well, I say I've played them. I remember playing the the the, the first ones. I'm yeah, aware yeah. of of they are. Um, so, <laughs> I remember playing like PS One or the, or even the Sega Saturn. I remember <laughs> having one of those. <laughs> that that in VR is incredible. I don't you know yeah. um you know the film Ready Player One when he's like dropped in and yes. he's doing the space racing. So literally, yeah. it feels like that. Like, I'm sitting there, I'm looking at the pilots to the left and right of me, like, by turning my head, and I'm like, mate, this is mental. And it's genuinely, <laughs> and I promise you, it's if it's VR gaming, when it's done right, it's incredible. And, like, Wipeout, I've put up there, is amazing. Uh, Beat Saber, as well. I don't know, Beat Saber's amazing on VR. It's kind of like a, it's like a VR guitar hero, if you like, where it's, uh, you've got, okay. you like, lasers, and you have to, like, smash the sound bars as they come at you and that's pretty intense uh it's like pretty hard like you have to get your brain into the right gear of thinking patterns and uh it's kind of like think think i've got lightsabers and i've got a smash notes that fly out my face it's pretty cool oh, i think i think i've seen clips of that actually thinking about it once you said lightsabers so kind of it reminded me of yeah it's really good like and you could like it's good they've got some good tracks like you can download like lincoln park tracks and 
stuff like that so as well as their own library you can get a load of good stuff on and uh I reckon they'll expand the library because Beat Saber is really popular on all all platforms. So, but yeah, VR stuff, mate, is mental. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I really thought um it'll be it'll be okay, but it's way way better than okay. Nice, very nice. I have to try something. Oh, to look when all this is over, like party VR nights are a definite thing. They're hilarious. Yeah. Definitely. Sorry. Sounds like a plan. Just watching all the people, half the people enjoying it and the other half throwing up from motion sickness. Sounds, yeah. sounds like a good buy. Yeah. Like rollercoaster <laughs> stuff and that, you know, like you're sitting on a rollercoaster and your stomach legit turns and it's like, I'm sitting on a sofa, what? You know, <laughs> it's stuff like that is pretty mental. Like your brain, yeah. your brain pretty confused by it. Yeah. So when lockdown hit you you had a uh, a world war wrestling show just before lockdown um the, 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 the original lockdown yeah the original one oh um, yeah god yeah yeah so you had a show uh i was there it was it was everyone was um already kind of elbow bumping to say hello um it hadn't fully kicked off yet but everything uh-huh. was in a little bit weird i think that kind yeah. of yeah yeah it kind of affected the uh, the mood a little bit. Everyone was kind of a little bit on edge. I got the vibe. Um, I, yeah, I think everyone was like apprehensive because it was like, we were, like you say, it was just, I think two days after that happened, then we went into a lockdown. You know? Yeah. Like, so weird. It was like, because I was like, should we do it? I'm like, well, we're not locked down yet. We're allowed to do it at the moment. And if we, you know, I don't want to cancel it. It's been booked for ages. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and if anyone feels unwell, please don't come. Um, do you know what I mean? It was like, make sure you take your temperature before you come. Make sure you're good. Uh, yeah. Crowds were still allowed to come then. And it was like, right, let's do this. Because I don't know when we're next going to be able to do it. Because it looks like we're going to get locked down. And yeah, then that so- was a year ago, man. <laughs> <laughs> so my, uh, the last DOA one was the 29th of February so it was a few weeks before your the last World War show um, before the first lockdown so we kind of um, it, it was after there was not much buzz about it it was still very much a, a China's problem uh, <laughs> when, when, when our show happened Chinese uh, oh god <laughs> It was it was still very much their problem uh, when when that show happened, uh, and then I, I do remember in the in the week a week or so before yours, I remember you sort of saying to me um, that you know it was it was becoming more of a, a thing that more people were kind of talking about, and you know uh, I know you did you didn't want to cancel it, but it must have kind of crossed your crossed your mind. Oh, um, yeah. Big time because it's like so. Like I say, it wasn't like it was still allowed to happen by law. It was allowed to happen, but I was like consciously, I was like, well, we're not being locked down yet. But like, do I feel okay about doing this still? And I'm like, well, surely, surely, I'm not going to do it if I'm unwell. The lads aren't going to come and do it if they're unwell. The crowd won't come with mm-hmm. well. So surely, if we're at that point where we had no lockdown yet, it's like let's just do it because we don't know when we're going to be able to do it again. So. Yeah, yeah, and um, obviously still no sign of uh, of shows coming back. Um, I mean, there's been shows going on, mate. Like, uh, you know, I don't like, I hate, I hate it, but there's been shows happening, which I think is disgusting. So, yeah, yeah. there has there has been been things going on. Um, 
It's been like uh, no old recordings have been happening, and I'm like, still, I would love to do some, but I still don't think it's viable at the moment. Yeah, I mean, we we obviously filmed uh, Murder Barn Massacre um, back last. <laughs> we, did. we did, we did. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, and and obviously, um, people will have seen the, um, the Battle at the Barns. Uh, yeah, series that you yeah, yeah. I mean, that yeah, was the, the, one well. of the breaks. Yeah, one of the breaks in lockdown. So I was like, right, we're allowed to do it. You know, yeah. we're a professional company. We're allowed to do it. Um, essentially, the people are volunteering to do it, even though. So let's just let's record it. We have a day, space it out, record these matches, put it together as a series. Because that's all we could do. Yeah, know what I mean, absolutely. And it came it came across it came across really well and really well put together. Um, and I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed it with uh, it was interesting to see um, World War Wrestling doing that kind of um, that kind of format because it's not something that you've done before with oh, no. episodes and a few matches per episode and kind of the the way that that was put together I thought it was that was done really really well um, and then you followed up with the Christmas one as well. So the because we we had arranged to film something else, but the 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 winter lockdown came in just before yeah. um, just before we could we could film another yeah. another uh, DOA um, sort of no fans special, yeah, yeah. which yeah. was was a shame. Um, but you got the Christmas special out with a yeah, um, a, a particular multi man match. The, the fluster clock, the Christmas fluster clock, the fluster clock which still pops me. I, I, again, it was just like genuinely, it was like right, we've got a little tiny window here that I don't think we're going to get. Again, it's like like you say, no shows yet. It was like right, we've got a handful of guys, you know, all, all sort of again the temp check stuff and all that. We're in a essentially we're in a bloody open barn which has complete free flow and air going through. So I was like, it was cold. <laughs> but we're like right we can we're essentially outside so let's let's just do this you know as you know so it's uh yeah so yeah it was it was fun it was really it was really good fun to do i worked my ass off to build that set oh <laughs> well we we'd actually, we'd actually i'm just being i'm being like hot, eviled across the room me and my wife worked our ass off to build that set <laughs> <laughs> Because we'd actually discussed, um, me and you had discussed the idea of a Christmas theme within the barn, and you had yeah. said to me just how difficult that would be to to build, and then you went ahead and did it anyway. And <laughs> so I know, I know from speaking to you that that was that would have been quite a quite a big task to get it get it looking good. Yeah, obviously, because I did, like, you know, like obviously we did the murder barns, which was cool. It needs to look raw. And it works really well. We built them the crazy fire barrels and that stuff, which was great fun. Yeah. So the murder barn look was was fine without being overly decorated because yeah, of the nature of, of of what we were doing. Um, whereas for the other stuff, you needed to build studios yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Build, build studios in a really cold open barn. <laughs> but like, I don't know. We did it like the bat. I was very lucky with like the battle of the barns thing. I started to do it. And I was like, I'm not going to get the look I want from this. I'm just not going to achieve it with with the stuff I had. I wasn't going to achieve it. So I spoke to my mate that's in the army and yeah. we somehow managed to 
wrangle me getting a load of camo to borrow, which was just incredible. Because I mean, that was still real, like these camo sheets are enormous. Mm. So it's like, I had to like, they were like triple, you know, and the barn's big. I had to triple fold the camo sheets and hang them up. So it was really difficult, but mm. they got, managed to, managed to achieve such a cool look and create it into a massive war bunker, which was, which was so perfect what we're doing. Yeah, you know? definitely, definitely worked and gave it a really cool look. And, and it was, um, it was definitely interesting to see someone do that kind of, uh, that kind of show because with other people doing no fan shows I think when, yeah, when, when, they're, when they're done in Sorry. a space that would normally have a crowd and it's just filmed without a crowd it just looks shit and you're, you're made aware of, of the space the empty space around the ring yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of them just put black curtains around and just put lights up I'm like hey, it looks it just looks like you're on a theatre stage with no crowd. It doesn't look good. Yeah, and I think that's what made that's what made your um, Battle and Barnes thing different and very unique was the look of it. Um, and then obviously the Christmas one was just lots of uh, lots of wrapping paper. I, honestly, <laughs> like literally, we went and bought all this wrapping paper. And I said, when we've done when we've done these, not even joking, when we've done these, we like haven't slept for like three days before because it's like getting it done. Fit yeah. the stuff in life, just like so. Like we legitimately went and um, bought wrapping paper. Like went to find the cheapest wrapping paper we could, and we wrapped up the grain silos in the barn with mm. Christmas paper. And I was like, it took such a long time to do it. And it's like cool. Obviously, because it's an open barn, it's really cold and damp in there. Essentially, unless you've got heaters blowing and stuff. So we went away. And I come back the next day, and all the all of it had fallen down. Ah. Oh. I'm not even joking. And so then it was like, right, let's try this again. And then we're like there with spray glue. And it was just, it was, mate, it was like, I felt like such a dick. But it's like, it's one of the things it was like, it was like, I know what I want to achieve. And this is how it's got to be done. But yeah, it was such a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. But it was worth it. Like, I loved, I loved it. It was ridiculous. And it was like, we just kept collecting all these empty boxes off people and then mm. just them up as presents and, yeah. Just, 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 it was so much work. Like, you know I, mean? I can't even, I can't even say how much work it was. It was stupid. And I was still, still, still finishing the set when like people were arriving to film their segments. And I was like, oh my God. So I like, just probably made myself so much work. And then I had to edit it all as well. So, <laughs> well, the, uh, one of the things I, I want to just point out is from the, the Murder Bar Massacre um, that we did for DOA and on your Christmas special that the for me the standout person in those both in both of those in particular was Xander oh mate I love jeez oh, Xander hates me <laughs> Just, <laughs> like like literally a couple of days before Mer- 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 a couple of days before Christmas Cracker I was like you know I want you to be the Grinch don't you and he's like <laughs> what and he's like yeah yeah I want you to be the Grinch and he's like what he's like you tell me this now I'm like well, obviously, I want Grinch Daddy, not Goff Daddy. And he was like, you're such a dickhead. So I was like, thanks, I love you. And that was that. And to be fair, he smashed. He threw himself into it. You know yeah. what I mean? He did do it by, by half measure. No, he's such a good lad. Yeah, he did really well. Like, I love all the things. Like, you know, like we did ridiculous things. Like, 
<laughs> drunk, drunk bullet. <laughs> drunk bullet was hilarious. Like I love drunk bullet, and just we just I wanted to make something that was everyone's so pissed off with everything. I just wanted to make something that would just be fun yeah. to watch. You know, and that's, that's what we'd we said. We'd said about um, when we planned to film another uh, thing for DOA that the the next thing, if we were able to do another. A thing <laughs> without a crowd would be to do something more fun because obviously Murder Barn was very um, dark. <laughs> yeah, I still really liked it. It was really fun, the Murder Barn. Yeah, obviously, it was. There was some issues had with some film and stuff there, and we uh, managed we managed to pull off something even with like some messed up footage. But uh, yeah, yeah, still, Ali. Yeah. <laughs> so, I was so angry, but. Uh, <laughs> I was like, how do I make this work now? I've literally got none of the bit I need to finish it with. Uh, I was so pissed off. I was like, all that other stuff went together really good. And then I'm like, what do I do with the end now? Just like, I mean, I, I love Ali to bits. But he <laughs> fucked that up. He's a disaster. <laughs> But yeah, that was that was a complete like. How do I even? How do I even make this work? I've like literally got, you know, this bit that's meant to be filmed. I've got literally the button has been pressed and then pressed again to turn it off. So I've got like a second of footage here, five seconds of footage there, and I'm like, what the hell? I was genuinely like, it's got to be, it's got to be here. It's got to be footage here. No, that weren't. No. <laughs> but clawed it back somewhat. Clawed it back somewhat. Like just about. <laughs> Luckily, you're the, you're the you're the guy. You have um, like Damien stock footage. Yeah, yeah. That's the, if I didn't have Damien stock footage, I don't know what I would have done. Exactly, you'd have had to, um, you know, put your makeup on and go and try and film. Yeah, I don't know. It's been mental, but I was like, oh man. But yeah, it still come out good. I think a lot of people liked it. A lot of people like it's really completely different to what anyone else had done as well you know like you say the battle of barnes thing is completely different to the no crowd thing the the murder barn was completely different to anyone else's thing yeah. so it was cool. yes the murder barn murder barn idea obviously stems from the the damien videos that you you do as sort of promo videos um which you'd done uh, more and more as time went on, you'd done you know some yeah. little little bits to begin with, and then they they got sort of longer and, and better as time went on. And then there was the the uh, I remember you doing a, a really cool one in a in a tunnel. Do you remember this one? Oh uh, yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> that yeah 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 yeah. I I really enjoyed that one, and it had the um like the Freddy song in there. The, yeah like, yeah. One, to he's coming for you that that kind of thing and, and that was really cool and then the the murder barn itself became a thing when yeah, yeah. We, we we did um yeah. damien and jack so yeah, the, yeah. The, the kidnap thing where you took 20 minutes to um put some gaffer tape around his <laughs> around his ankles at the end of your your match with him in, in Yarmouth, <laughs> Mate, do your fingernails off. That's what happens. Through <laughs> the gaffer help. So so that was that was actually the match that was supposed to happen a few months before, but Jack hurt his ankle, so then we had to basically have a redo. Um, and then the actual that actual match was really good in the end. That's um, uh, that was uh, no, 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 Jack's a good good lad, man. 
And uh, so you, you, Damien, stop saying you, <laughs> Damien uh, kidnapped Jack. And then we got the the video in the barn with Jack in the dog cage. That was good. Uh, and that was really, really good. Um, a lot of fun. I felt bad for, for you being in a cage. And... <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't. It felt bad. Not me. It wasn't me. It was Damien. <laughs> I, don't get my kicks from, I don't get my kicks from that. It's Damien that does that. So, so you... <laughs> So you filmed that one, and that, I think that's the first one that, that had a bit more, um, I was going to say a little bit more length, um, but that doesn't sound quite right. <laughs> so it was, a bit, it was a bit longer and almost like like mini horror movie kind of style. Okay. Um, yeah, and that was, that was um, I think, what kind of first sparked the idea of maybe elaborating on the murder barn a bit further. Um, yeah. Of course. And then, and then, the next big one of those videos was the horror icons thing. Yeah, that was that was um, fun. Yeah, that that looked uh, that, that looked a lot of fun. I've actually just put that uh, just put that up on because there was the the actual match um, is up on the DOA YouTube, and obviously there okay. there was bits that went up on um, went up on Facebook and things like that. But the the actual horror icons video in full is is on the youtube as well uh, and it's it, it's fucking crazy <laughs> but, I, don't I genuinely like that. i don't know because obviously i do i do have loads and loads of ideas so i was just like obviously jack jack made us a mask up we had these chats and jack made some mask up i was like good and so like obviously i took things from the horror films and mm. you know just luckily luckily i'm in a position where i can you know where we've got the farm and i can film some stuff and so mm. I, was like, I, I can make i can make uh I can make a Texas Chainsaw Massacre shed, and that's sick. Do you know I can make a box, and I can have, I can have I can have fucking Chucky delivered in a box, and I was like, you know what I mean? So I just filmed all that stuff, and just and, and I was kind of I knew exactly what I was going to do with the lighting for the Hellraiser thing to mm. to create that Hellraiser effect like you do when the Cenobites arrive. So I was like, I know I can do all these things. I've got to wait till it's dark to achieve that and that and that. So I think to be fair, I think I sent them indoors, and I think. Jane was making coffees while I was making the sets up. Do you know what I mean? Because I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And it was like, if anyone's helping, it's like they're kind of going to be in the way because I knew exactly what I was doing. So they were come out good, man. It's like it. It was a really fun little thing. And if you love horror movies, then you get you get the nods to the horror movies. So yeah, I mean that's that's. I mean, people were were sort of giving it the old "this is awesome" as that video was ending in the building waiting for you guys to come out to the ring you know when you when you're getting a reaction to to a, essentially what was made as a as an entrance video that ended up being like six minutes long <laughs> and it, you, in a way you don't know how people are going to react because you think it might be a bit long you know when you've got guys in the ring waiting for you to come out but then once you had sent it to me i was like yeah, this is this is so good. It's it's crazy. Um, so, any uh, any plans for um, for selfies home videos? <laughs> Mate, you wouldn't want to see Sir selfies home videos. <laughs> uh, should we should we go along the Buffalo Bill lines? You've seen that film, right? No, you <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, Sir selfies. 
selfie selfie video set to the music from Debbie Does Dallas. Mate, that music is sick. Selfie's fun. Selfie's just fun. It's just silly, you know. It's uh, I don't yeah. get a really good reaction. Like it was a laugh, it was a joke, and it's like, man, it's got such a crazy reaction. So it's it's funny. Uh, I don't know. It's quite different to Damien. Yeah, just a tad. <laughs> just a tad. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just like, I'm always looking out for the next fur coat and the next feather boa. But yeah, so is it the it's the the Sharknado? Of, of wrestling, the picture taken, selfie taken. <laughs> no, don't get me started on this massive long introduction. It's pretty oh, good. I want to hear it. <laughs> it's pretty good. You wouldn't like it. The uh, the Sharknado of professional wrestling. <laughs> but um, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's 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 fun. It's again, it's completely different. Obviously, it's really fun when I do shows where I do uh, both characters. That's bizarre. Mm. which I've done a few times now and I'm like this is so weird and I, to be fair I think it's only really been bottomed on once by someone in the crowd I think at one, at one show someone went is that that guy that did that earlier and I was like damn it I've been rumbled <laughs> I can't believe that's only happened once did <laughs> shit well I think it's because like <laughs> unfortunately the hair is a bit of a giveaway yeah, it's glorious though. So <laughs> it's, it's the main attraction. <laughs> Stuff <with> satisfaction. <laughs> it's, 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 oh dear, I, I, I miss wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I think we all do. Um, it's starting to uh, <laughs> to drive me a bit mad now. Um, it's weird because I'm. It's almost like I'm. I miss it a hell of a lot. But I've kind of got used to not having it there. Yeah, no, of course, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you have to, don't you? so like obviously yeah, I'm pretty. Exactly. It's just mental, isn't it? I've got, I've got like a ring set up, and I'm like, every time I go to the ring, I kind of give it a little hug. I'm like, I'm sorry, and I'll just leave you there. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that initially it was, ah, oh, I, mi- I miss the shows. I, I miss, you know, the everything that goes into the shows and, and, and the actual, you know, the, the day of the show itself. Um, but then it, it became more, I miss the people. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, the like, actual, there's a lot of people you know, I like. There's a lot of asses, but there's also a lot of people I like, so it's a shame yeah, when you don't see them There's people. a lot of dickheads, but... Um, <laughs> they've got <laughs> a bag of... guys can eat a bag of dicks, but the guys I do like, I <laughs> but yeah, it became it became a uh, more of a missing the the people um, on shows. So I definitely can't wait to get things back up and running. But who the bloody hell knows when that's going to be? Realistically, uh, um, things keep changing, man. It's pretty pretty whack. Yeah, one thing that, that frustrates me is is people who are. Um, I mean, it's one thing to continue to to put shows on with no fans um when you when you shouldn't which is obviously um you know not right but one one of the things that really frustrates me is people that are announcing shows <laughs> announcing shows with fans like proper shows and then just having to cancel them all the time like 100%. stop stop announcing shows until you know and the government says yes you can do this yeah then stop fucking announcing things it's really really frustrating because I, I almost look at it and go wait do they know something i don't know or 
<laughs> is this something I've not twigged onto here because you, you've just announced all of your 2021 dates and I'm like yeah. the last time I checked I'm, I'm not allowed to run a show so uh, like, yeah. like people going oh what's, what's planned I was like nothing what do you mean nothing I'm like nothing what, what, what am I planning do you know what I mean yeah. Oh, but for what happens again, I'm like, well, so when I know it's going to open again, when children get back to school, when people aren't dying, then I'll worry about whether I can run a wrestling show. Like, and obviously that hurts me to say that because it's essentially my business. Like, you know, it's yeah. my full time generally. So it's like, mm. so it's dead. So it affects me a lot more than them guys that have one show a month or something. You know, when when they're, you know, yeah. oh, I miss wrestling. Oh, how many shows a month do you do? Oh, like one or two. I'm like, right. I'm generally out every weekend, like two to three times at least every week doing this. Yeah. And I'm like, so one or two shows that you guys are missing a month that you're part of. Do you know what I mean? I'm kind yeah. of like, it's just, you know, it's just like, it just, it just makes me laugh because I'm like, this is my job. You know? It's like, it has a massive implication on me that it's not happening. But I also am kind of like, yeah, when people aren't dying, when, when, you know, when my kid is allowed to go back to school without a risk of catching a, a, a disease that you can then spread around and we're all going to die from I'm good with not having wrestling for now <laughs> yeah yeah and I think that's what that's what people misunderstand um, because uh, it's the same it's the same for me and pe- people message and, and they're very much you know what's that when's things happening what have you got planned what's going on when are you going to have a show and it's like let me consult my science officer and i'll let you know you're bad i don't have an answer to that sure you know in in the in the back of your mind you might have something that you think oh well when things start back up that would might be cool to to try and do or or whatever of course you that's never going to go away but i can't say to people you know yeah, keep this date in your diary just in case, because you know, you know, because I don't, I don't know. We have no idea. And as you say, there's bigger things to worry about than than wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's, you it's know, like I say, it's big. I'm alive, a big part of your life, you know. It's like, but it's uh, it's just, it's just again, when people aren't dying, you know, when when we're allowed to travel without a, without risk of spreading a global pandemic, it's like I don't know. We can we can wait. It's. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. We 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 can wait, and um, when it's something like um, a disease that is <laughs> everything from you won't even know you've got it to oh. dead. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? that's, that's a pretty, pretty large field, isn't it? There. <laughs> exactly. That's what. <laughs> that's the minute you sneeze or cough, and you're like, oh my god, I've got it. <laughs> and every single every single person that's. Um, Every single person that, that gets it, if there was like a, a guaranteed telltale sign that if you've got it, like then this happens, then everyone who gets that thing would know that they've got it and they'd be able to isolate or whatever. But the fact that people are walking around with it and not even know they've got it because they've got no symptoms is the, is the hardest thing about it because it, it makes it completely unmanageable. No, of course. Yeah, mate, I was cutting. So I was like outside cutting logs up yesterday. And I woke up this morning and I was like, got a bit, of a bit of a sore chest. And I was like, shit, I forgot the COVID. I'm like, I haven't been anywhere to get the COVID. I haven't been near anyone. You can't mm-hmm. look out in the cold all day, like literally on a farm. And I'm like, no, I've probably just got, I've probably just got cold on the chest. Or a potentially like, you know, a chest infection coming that happens in the winter that everyone generally gets at some point. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like straight off, you're like, oh my god, am I gonna die? <laughs> exactly. I mean, when we filmed the Murder Barn Massacre, um, in like the the week after that, in in that time, the few days after, like, I, my chest was really bad, and I, and I was like, I was like, maybe I've caught something. And I was like, no. That's standing next to a flaming barrel for eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> I was like that because I was like, yeah, do you know what would be really cool? I'm going to build these fire barrels. And like, even even though there's free flowing air for it, it's like there's still a shed load of smoke in there. And it's like, my chest really hurts. I'm breathing fire in all day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I was inhaling smoke all day and that's why that's why, you know, and Yeah, that probably possibly wasn't the best thought out thing, but it looked really cool. It looked cool. That's all that matters. Uh it definitely definitely looked good. Um so I I was gonna do because with some people that I'm I'm speaking to for these these interviews I'm sort of talking to them about how they got started in wrestling and, um, you know, their career and things like that. But then, you know, if, if, pe- <laughs> if, if people, if people want to know that, then they can listen to, you know, the one you did with Jonas. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> because, yeah, just listen to that because that's, that's you telling that whole story already. Um, sure, I did. Yeah, yeah. So there's not much, uh, much point in, in going over all of that. Um, you first came and did um, DOA back in when would that have been? Fuck, a few years ago. Fourteen slash fifteen, probably. I reckon fifteen. Because I think my leg was just just getting better. Yeah. So you, you your first match that you did on a DOA show was in the December of 2015, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. That sound about right? <laughs> I, I reckon somewhere about, yeah, because I wasn't, I wasn't back wrestling when I first. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like an official comeback. <laughs> no, no, it, it was, was just, like, can I, can I still do this? Like, is my, yeah. am I going to collapse? Is my leg going to get cut off if I try and attempt to do this? Yeah, because I think you'd said that initially the Damien, uh, the Damien gimmick, Damien character was something that you thought would enable you to continue wrestling, but yeah, yeah, not to the flashy stuff that you were doing before, yeah, because yeah. you didn't know how yeah. how how you were gonna how your leg was gonna hold up and, and things. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was told I wouldn't be able to do it, so it was just me kind of going, yeah. I mean, not very funny, but like. You sort of allowed me to just come back to wrestling for DOA to see how my leg went, you know. Mm. So it's kind of, you know, that was something I'll always be kind of grateful for in that respect. Cause it was like I could test the waters and see if my leg can mm. actually start to doing this again. Like I used to obviously do it all the time, and it was like the docs had said no, 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 no. Well, you know, every, everything was like no, and I'm like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> so, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, and it's, it's quite interesting to see from the from the sidelines of watching um, those matches, and then as you and seeing you get comfortable again. Well, yeah, yeah, I think more more uh, building okay. up confidence in my leg, you know. Uh, yeah, I think more than you know, then, know seeing how you far. Try, yeah, seeing you trying and doing different things 
that would test it that little bit more and that little yeah. bit more a little bit more has been really really interesting so like you used to do um like i've seen clips from years ago um with you doing like the the drop kick through the ropes to the outside and things and that kind of crazy stuff and then in the last well we'll ignore the last year because that yeah, doesn't yeah. exist but, but in the like the, the the sort of year or so prior to the lockdown um i you, I noticed you'd started doing that move again for example yeah, yeah. you know throw little things, things in there. back to it yeah i know for a long time i was really worried like i still pushed it but like even when i started doing it again like my my like my leg isn't fixed, but it's just the yeah. operation I had done to it means that what happened to it before can't happen. So it's like I just have to kind of gauge it. Well, if I've had like oh again, present time it doesn't really matter. But like let's say a year ago, if I'd had like a heavy weekend of like done a done a ring job Friday, did, went straight from Friday to Saturday, set up the ring, did a match Saturday, took it down, drove somewhere else, did a show Sunday, I'd get home and. I'd be like, my leg's really bad, really swollen up. Uh, mm. I just need to put it up, ice it, and it'll be cool by tomorrow. Whereas that wasn't the case before. It'd be like, it would take a week before I could even put pressure on my leg and stuff. So, yeah, I, I, I could still, you know, run and do stupid stuff again. And, you know, I was, I'm, I'm a heavy dude. I'm like 20 stone plus, And so it's a lot of impact my leg takes. But, yeah, touch wood. Uh, obviously, I've been able to get back and... I'd say pretty much where I was before my leg ever happened. So, yeah. So, just for for anyone that is listening that doesn't know, what was the the actual um, the actual uh, diagnosis on your leg? What actually actually happened? Uh, acute compartment syndrome, which uh, generally when you have that, unless it's uh, unless it's operated on within four hours, you end up with an amputation. Is is the general. Yeah, I don't know how now, now, but when it happened, that was how it was, and there was, it's, it's, got, it's like a, it's a very long-winded set of circumstances that I think made me not lose my leg. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's pretty long-winded. But essentially, that's you know, I shouldn't have a leg is bottom line, but I have it, and it's mine, and they're not having it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, but yeah, so it's like kind of that thing I was told generally by all the dogs, and I was told not to wrestle, not to do that. I wouldn't be able to run. I wouldn't be able to do this. Uh, the, uh, I went and saw a doctor a little while ago, and they were like, I wouldn't even know where to start with your leg, like to even you know, I wouldn't want to do anything with it. The fact you've still got it is amazing. So it's kind of one of these things. Yeah, so. yeah it's cool. I'm, I'm very pleased it kind of brought me back and. I don't know, maybe I'd like, you know, when you don't know what you've got till it's gone. And like, I loved wrestling for years. And I really took it, kind of took it. Uh, it didn't really matter at one point. And then I was like, man, I miss it so much. And I think yeah. uh, my, my first match back, I did at World War Wrestling. Again, it was another strategic booking. I booked myself against Rocco Casanova. I love Rocco. And I was like, I'm not going to be pushing my leg hard against Rocco and that's not a knock on him it's just his gimmick was really strong a really fun gimmick yeah. that, that the, and I was like this is a good test for me whether I can come back because being Damien as as a monster just killing people was a really good thing for my leg because it meant I didn't have to do too much but then I was like for World War Wrestling obviously I don't do Damien so I was like right I'm going to wrestle as me again like, was sort of how I made my name in the first place and that means I've got to bump more and I've got to move more. And and I did it with Rocco because I was like, this is a pretty strategic booking and it's a fun one. 
And uh, when I did that match, I genuinely almost brought me to tears when I'd finished the match. Do you know? Because I was going. No, no. Do you know what I mean? No, because I was genuinely like, I was like, didn't think I'd ever be able to do it again. Yeah, and that's that 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 sort of links in what I was saying earlier about um, just over time testing it more and more, and obviously you wrestling as you know craft. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and doing so that requires that guy that requires you as you say to, to move about a lot more bump a lot more and stuff so that was kind of the, the next step of can you still do that yeah yeah I mean obviously that's, that's now sort of history and Damien's back doing loads of stupid shit when he's wrestling but you know but before before I wasn't you know so yeah yeah and I think uh, I think would you agree that your like wrestling career just your your in-ring stuff um personally would you say that it's this run after leg injury is better than the run before it uh i don't know i think it's different uh it's on my own terms now i think i think that's what's really different is like obviously i was having to fit around what people wanted even though it was me i was like I think I was having to be PC and play the game, right? Oh, uh, which I think obviously it was different as well because it was more closed knit before. Whereas right. now it's completely open and exposed, and I think um, I don't know. So it's, it's a bit of a weird one because you know I'd be on shows I wouldn't necessarily enjoy before, and even when I went and did right. the big sports, I don't know if I really like. It was amazing, but I don't know if I really enjoyed it that much, even though it's what I wanted to do. Whereas now yeah. I kind of embrace it and love it. And even if I'm working with someone I don't really care for, I'm still like, I still love doing it. Whereas I think, mm. I, I think I'd lost my love for it before. So yeah. certain things made me lose my love for wrestling before. I was like, I love it. And essentially it's on my own terms now. I'm in a good, I'm, I think I'm in a good position in it. Mm-hmm. You know? And like I say, like, it's good. Like I used to work for a lot of companies, but a lot of the time it might be bookings through someone else who was, was an agent or whatever. Whereas now it's all directly dealt through me and no one else. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, so you see, you're not doing anything that you don't want to do. No, um, no. I'll make decisions. Like if someone tries to book me, I'm like, I don't want to work with that person. You yeah. know, as in as in that promoter or something, I'll be like, no, just cut that off. I don't want to work with it. I only I only really want to work with good people and people I enjoy the company with. And it's nice yeah. that I got into a position where a lot of the people I work with are cool people and nice people. And come on, all the speaking out shit is showing all the assholes are. And it's like, you know, it's like it's nice. Yeah. Isn't it? let's, let's get rid of let's get rid of the dickheads and make it a way better place. I'm all for that. So, but that's this is the thing. I mean, if if you look at something like that. Um, that you can they're, they're all kind of all that stuff that came out with, with the speaking out stuff um, right. and we were all kind of I think just watching it kind of unfold in a lot of ways and just kind of just, I don't know it kind of t- took everyone back but it was it was it was nice to see that um, no one that I worked closely with <laughs> was involved in any way you know so, so it was kind of like okay it seems like you know I've been a fairly good judge of character. Um, of course, yeah, yeah. And I think obviously the types of uh, of shows that, that I run, you run, that it's very much apart from you know McDonald's stop on the way home. 
that's very much you finish the show everyone clears up says goodbye and drives home you know yeah. there's no there's no kind of after parties and uh, and, and well, stuff so I think you know. that was a little bit I mean there, there used to be more of that I think and mm. uh, you know again before there, there, there was you know you know the score is like there's uh well, I don't. I don't think I work with laddish lads, and that's what I didn't mm-hmm. before when I worked other shows. There was yeah. that of laddish lads that that you know some of the targeting and that. I'd be like, I really don't enjoy that kind of environment. So you know, it's just it's like the the whole sort of um, football team, you know, the 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 lads mentality. I've I've always been a bit the odd one out that when I did the other shows, I wasn't in with yeah. their lad mentality. So. I mean, I'm good with I'm good with all the shit being thrown out of wrestling. I'm really pleased with it. I haven't got yeah. no, got an issue with it at all. It's like it's yeah, shame, it's, it's damaged wrestling to some extent because like people are like oh my god, it's I'm like Do you know what though, get rid of them. There's there's loads of good people and just because they're a talented wrestler doesn't mean they were good for the business. So, yeah, it doesn't. Um, it doesn't. You can be as talented uh, as a wrestler as you like. It doesn't give you a free pass to be a cop. Of course, yeah, yeah. Get rid of them. <laughs> uh, good. Again, apart from the damage to to the wrestling from a public point of view that that sucks heavily but mm. if it's getting rid of these shitty people then i'm i'm great with it you know yeah and and the thing is i think that that the the pandemic actually is part of what resulted in that happening because yeah it, yeah if distance from these people and get yeah. and then and people felt confident enough to to well, speak and stuff yeah like, like this is what it was and it's like you know, I mean, to be fair, like, I've done a similar thing with like, I know it sounds silly and like fairly menial, but going through my social media stuff, and I'm like, right, well, it's been like nearly a year. I have no connection with this person apart from they're in wrestling with me. Clearly, there's no relationship there, so I'll just get rid of this person because I don't need to see their stuff or their negative views that might affect me. So, mate, I've cut so many people off. Like, then yeah, I've started doing. I'm good with it. Like, a couple of people said to me, oh, "Have you seen this on social media?" And I'm like, "Bro, I'm like, just get rid of them." I'm like, if if they're impacting you mentally with negativity, mm-hmm. just get rid of them. It's like, yeah, I'd much rather it makes your social like. Especially right now when we're seeing like social media is much more prolific because it's essentially how we keep in contact mostly. Yeah. Um, you just want a positive experience. You don't want a negative experience. Yeah, you know? I mean, just, I was a little bit kind of inspired by you on Facebook when every time I kept seeing that you were doing... God, oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so I was doing like the cult. You were doing the cull of uh, yeah. of Facebook friends and things. And I've, I've been doing the same. It takes a while because... You know, they, they build up so easily. <laughs> yeah, but I was I was looking and I was like, okay, so this person is a wrestler who has added me at some point uh-huh. and uh, at no point has communicated. Okay, I've seen this person. They're clearly a wrestler. They've they've added me. Okay, so you wait and think, oh, maybe they've they've want to reach out and send a message or, or, or something or you know or try and get booked or, or, or whatever um and then you wait and and then you notice that you've still got this person on your friends list who's never reached out never spoken to you at all and you just think well bye <laughs> see ya <laughs> yeah really like, i really like, i was a massive advocate of doing that just clearing it out because i think like i say 
I mean, look, Twitter's toxic as hell anyway. I barely yeah. even go on there. Like, it's a great place to go if you've got something to shout about, you know. But apart from that, like, I mean, I yeah. want socials to be like a, a enjoyable experience, you know. Um, and so when you see that, it's just like, oh, I don't want to see the next person. I want to see a positive thing or, you know, even a stupid thing like post a random fun picture and everyone does it and has a laugh and a smile or, you know, yeah, like, like, like people... keep doing the wrestling pictures like of, of past shows and stuff and like I miss wrestling and just chuck a load of images up and everyone's like, oh man, that was awesome. And just, I want it to be positive, you know? Yeah, I've even started um, like just following certain groups and pages and things that are specifically like like daily positivity pages that just yeah. post not not like not like sappy um like oh here's a here's a quote that's gonna change your day or anything <laughs> like that but it's like it's, it's like just <laughs> yeah, it's just like here's a really good news story or you know oh, yeah. something something really positive like every single day and 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 that sort of stuff <laughs> squirrels <laughs> So, have you ever seen the people sharing like the headlines from like the Daily Sport that are ridiculous headlines? Have you seen any of those? I'm not gonna lie, right? Years ago when I was landscaping, I used to buy the Daily Sport a lot, and it wasn't for news. Let me tell. <laughs> but like some of the some of the headlines are yeah, brilliant. I need this newspaper to start my fire tonight. Oh my god, look at that! No. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some of the headlines are fantastic. Like one of them was, um, I, I put like, a quote from the from this guy was, "I put fifty loom bands around my penis and my bellend burst." I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, I'd have been like, only fifty? What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the Daily Sport. It's just, it's not a newspaper. Let me tell you. <laughs> I'll be honest, I haven't bought one for many years, but like, I think when I was like between 18 and 20, maybe, uh, when I was landscaping a lot, I genuinely, genuinely used to buy a daily sport every day for the van drive. <laughs> but uh, I'm hands up admit that it's garbage, but I mean. Oh, yeah, complete, complete garbage, but hilarious and, yeah, and funny. And so the pictures were quite cool in it. I don't know, like. Yeah, you know, boobs. <laughs> so so there's that. Bad and I like boobs. Like my my wife's got good boobs, but I like I do like boobs. They're good. Do you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so obviously there's no there's no plans in place. What's that, mate? That's a medium serious conversation, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good though, because I can't be asked to sit and have a serious conversation. Because let's be honest, in like five or six years that we've known each other, we've probably had very few serious conversations. So, I, yeah, so this is not serious. <laughs> it's just you fucking winding me up most of the time. Shocking. Shocking. Absolutely shocking. <laughs> you forget that, you know, I, I get to. Uh, Get to choose who who you're in matches with. We'll mention no names. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so you you were doing the the sort of ring hires and then World War Wrestling. Um, from what I understand, was the plan 
based around the idea came because you thought you weren't going to wrestle again, right? Or yeah, am I, am I a bit off yeah no, that's right. It was bang on because I was like, right, if I can't ever wrestle again, and I always said if I ever ran shows, I'd run them professionally and have like a great looking setup because I think I spent so many years walking out of like a fire exit door. It kind of made me angry that people weren't more proud of their products. Mm. You know, for years, like, uh, you know, I'll drive all the way up to this place and I'm like, right, I'm here. And I'm like, where's the entrance? And it's there. But that's where the customers use to go to the or something, you know. Obviously, yeah. it's, um, you can't you can't always have everything you want. And obviously, some venues are just set up in such a way you, you've got no choice. But I'm like, well, well, the entrance is the fire exit that's outdoors or something. And I'm like, well, where's the entrance? Going? There isn't one. Oh. So I just come through that door, yeah. Music hits, a kid walks out just in front of you. And the crowd are all like, yeah, as a kid walks out and you're standing behind. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. Stuff like that just did my head in. So I was always like, well, if we're ever going to run shows, they're going to be professionally run. They're going to look nice. I'm going to make nice videos. I'm going to do this. And, and so I think that's it. And we're like, you know, we just got to a point where, like, me and Jane were both like, well, if I can't ever wrestle again, I mean, well, I, I think there was, there was a certain heat with the company that I had. And, and I think it was even Jane that sort of just, like, well, wage war on them and was like, oh, World War Wrestling. And it was like the light switched on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah it's, uh, it's definitely, like, what it stands out as a name. Yeah, uh, well, man, it's, uh, that's where it came from. It's like it was it's really good. It was a name from the heart. That's the thing. It wasn't like a oh, what's this? What should we call it? It was genuinely like a name for a passionate name from the heart. It was like wage war on wrestling, and that's kind of where it came from. And it was, you know, it wasn't on all. It was on certain wrestling that I just was like, oh, and uh, so yeah. And it was like, a frustration thing as well. Like I couldn't wrestle again, so I was like. Let's do it. If we're going to do it, let's do it properly. Let's, yeah, and so the rest of the history, we've been fairly successful so far, you know. Uh, lock, lockdown killed momentum. I mean, for everyone, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that was, I mean, frustrating for, as you say, for everybody. Um, I mean, I'd had, you know, uh, Yarmouth in particular was doing really well. Yeah. Yeah, it really picked up um, to look at you know where it was and then where it, where it got to. You know, it was it was always you could tell from the guys on the show because Yarmouth's a bit of a slog for for some of the guys to get to. Um, yeah. so when they were coming up and the shows were a bit, you know, uh, out of the the Litchfield Hall and it were you know even though even yeah. though even in that little hall you know it started to get yeah. get busy, which led to us yeah. moving to a. Sorry, there were some fun shows, you know. Yes, for sure. But obviously, initially, um, they were shit. Um, you know, we weren't we weren't drawing a crowd. You know, I'm, I'm not ashamed of that. Is what it is. You know, um, but the the fact is, people were coming all the way to Yarmouth, and the shows were not doing well. And I think that there's a difference in people now that those are the ones. The DOA shows that that everyone wants to be on and everyone wants to is looking forward to, even though it is that little bit further of a of a travel. Yeah, yeah. I was potential. Though. In my opinion, they've still got more potential to grow than venue. It's great. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think uh, I think that's that's kind of become the main sort of focus and things. And and 
you know that, that venue's got a lot of a lot of energy a lot of character in there and, and everyone really likes it um and i think that your point about the shows looking good is is something that i think is so important and and it's something that initially because you know, i'm not going to make any any secret about it you know it took me a while to kind of realize that you know you can put on the the best show like ever in the ring but if the if the room looks like shit and the footage looks like shit then who cares because no one's going to be in a rush to see that footage no, you know, they're going to judge it on first impressions yeah, there are promoters that still disagree and think it doesn't matter what the venue looks like as long as the wrestlers are good. And I'm like, I just don't agree. Like, obviously, you want all of it to be good, but from, yeah. a, from a family perspective, like, I, like I don't know. Like, so just as an example with Chillingham, like someone, a family came to the wrestling show at Chillingham, and we ran a world wrestling show there. They had been to another show I was on, and they came to this show because of me. Uh, so yeah. they came to that, and they went. Oh my god! They were like it was like being at a mini WWE, and that was yeah. the impression they got because there was big screens, there was lights, there was smoke, there was, and I was like that that right there is the reason. So they came yeah. to another show. I'm not going to say the wrestlers were any better on on either show, but it was the production that made them go. It was mm. like being a mini WWE show. Whether that's good or bad, that means something must be right because they felt like they were at a professional wrestling show, you know. Yeah, I mean, you can you can have those those. You know, there are fans that will go to whatever venue if they see matches that they think are going to be good, they'll go, and that's yeah. that's great. But when you're talking a family, it, you know, when when a family walks into a room and the kids go, "Wow," yeah, hundred you know, percent, then they, they want to come back. They're sold already. The show's even started. Yeah, yeah, and that's well, that's so important as well, you know. Oh, the yeah, rest, exactly. They're, they're like they're on a show that 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 same feeling I had for years. I'm like, oh man, I've got to walk out of a bloody broom cupboard like, without a curtain. Or, you know, from a kid's point of view, it's like, why is the guy coming out of a cupboard? Do you know, I used to, genuinely used to feel so stupid doing that. And I'm like, this is professional wrestling, man. It doesn't take a lot just to a little. Like it's hard. Like it's hard to make money in wrestling. It's like, but a little bit of effort, even a curtain, for God's sake. Like I used to make me so angry, which is. Although, which I think was what I'm quite passionate about making it look good. You know? I work my ass off. And on anyone's show I'm on, if I'm if I'm doing the ring hire or something, I'll work my ass off to make their show look as good as possible. I want it to look good for them and for the lads as well. Do you know? Yeah, I mean that that's completely true. Like with, with people when they turn up to a show, you can you can tell in people like if they walk in and they see the venue and they see that it's got a screen and it's got a proper good entranceway and lighting and smoke and all this stuff they know oh, yeah. that that show is going to make them look even better of course yeah yeah they want the footage for their highlight reels <laughs> i need to look cool you're making me look cool and that's just surely it's yeah. we want the crowd to think it looks cool and you want the lads to think it looks cool so everyone's yeah. like everyone's like winning there you know the promoter, the promoter might not be winning, <laughs> but everyone else is winning. Yeah, and I think like that goes to there's certain matches that have happened uh, on DOA shows where the you know the venue didn't look great, 
And yeah, yeah. the match itself is superb, like one of the best matches we've ever had. Yeah. But attracts no attention when you when you put it online because people will watch. Yeah. People might watch, you know, a minute of it and see like the entrances through, um, you know, a, a not great looking entrance way, and it's in a in a small hall that doesn't have any proper lighting, and they they'll look at it and go. Eh. And they'll pass, and they'll move on to the next video. So, yeah, you know, visual, the whole visual thing is really important, isn't it? Yeah, and it's one of those things that has been a, a, a big focus throughout the the lockdown. Is is you know, for me, it's when when things come back, um, to make, making sure everything looks so much better than than it did before. I don't want people to think that you know I've just sat on my ass for well, I have, but. Uh, <laughs> 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 this on my ass for for a year, year and a half, however long it's going to be. You know, yeah. it's you know, I want people to to come back to that first show back and go, wow, they've not wasted this time. You know, yeah, effort has been made to to come back in a in a in a big way, and a lot of that comes from you know conversations with with you over the last few years. You know, um, <clears throat> you make you make that that point. Of, of making everything look good. Yeah, he's just got it's, it's uh, again. It's the thing is, it's hard work. It's like like mm. when, I, when I have shows, I really do like work. And but you know, like even even if I'm doing your show, I work my ass off right down to when people are coming in. If that's what it takes to make it look as good as possible, and uh, you know, it's just I just think it's really important for everyone. You know. Yeah, it's, it's one of the things. But you know, what was that, mate? So sometimes I get frustrated with it because like lads will be standing watching. I'm like. Well, I'm not getting anything extra by making it look as good as possible for you. That's like, you can always pitch in, you know, stuff like that. But I still choose to do it because I want everyone to look as good as possible, whether it be my show or someone else's show. Yeah, and I think that, um, that that's, that's massively important. And one of the things as well, that I would just like to point out that for the ring hire, um, when you first started doing the, the DOA shows, um, one of the things that um, was important at that time is I I'd used a couple of different rings in the first year or so, year and a half, um, and been let down a couple of times. And, and sometimes the rings were turning up and they weren't in very good condition. We had you know ropes falling down and in the middle of a match and, and <laughs> all sorts going wrong. And and it didn't look it didn't look good. And you came and did um i can't remember which one was the first one that you did for me maybe one of the uh the ones in berry um i think maybe was the first one that you did for me but um but you came along and did that and you've done my ring jobs ever since yeah 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 <laughs> you know because it i i know that i i don't have to worry about that and the ring's gonna look good and it's gonna be set up properly um and it's well maintained uh, and everything so um that's been one of the the sort of the biggest things from my perspective that um you know everyone should hire their ring from from you unless it's on dates that i need it that's basically yeah, what i'm saying that's what i really struggled with summer like i had to really juggle dates before it's like uh it's really good because like, i went from again went from not being in wrestling again in respects of like not being able to started the ring higher and i was like i was a bit like touch and go i was like uh, but i managed to build a really successful ring hire company uh, yeah 
again, just from reputation, I think, uh, and also being trusted, like I say, being trusted by people like, you know, like the, the all-female company, not not Eve, but other all-female companies in London that book me all the time and 100% will work around trying to make sure they can have me to do the shows because they trust me to do it. And yeah, it's, it's, nice, it's kind of nice to, like I said, that whole thing about doing it on your own terms. I've had other companies contact me that want to hire it. I've refused but don't want to work for them people and it's nice to get uh, managed to get myself in a position where I can kind of pick and choose who I want to work with or if I stop working with one company for a reason I've literally you know literally managed to replace it with another company that I do want to work with so it's kind of good you know yeah definitely um well I think we've uh, we've rambled on quite a bit um yeah, we've only been <laughs> <for 10> minutes <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to get the best you've ever done. Right. Yeah, let's about the beginning in 2002 to now. Let's start now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to keep these at around an hour in length, um, but it's fine. It means we can we can do it again. Um, oh, like next next oh, time, sure. I, want to, uh, I want to pick your brain about some uh, some UFC as well because I know you're a big um, oh, fan. And also, like, hopefully lockdown finishes so we can do the other barn thing we discussed, which we would lend itself to summer months. Yes, <laughs> it would, yeah. It's, it's a frustrating thing. Because uh, I got my, uh, I got my new uh, PC and new sort of office set up and everything and, and made all of the, the cool-looking graphics and all the artwork and everything for that. And, say, it, and, say it out loud, just in case somehow managed to achieve it but yeah yeah and it, i hope i hope it, it happens but yeah. saying that if, if it if it doesn't um then that's something that can wait when, when fans are in the in a building that will still yeah. be a lot yeah. um but yeah I, who knows when when shows will be back we have no idea of course um let's but... your, uh, your closed doors company that does them quietly and then they go on the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we don't we don't know when when they'll be back but i know you you're in the same boat as me um i won't be rushing you know the moment that it says oh you, you know this might be okay you know to to try and cram people into a building before you know everyone's comfortable and all the right precautions are taken um yeah but um hopefully it will be this year <laughs> at some point yeah, mate, but, it's so touching. <laughs> we just don't know, do we? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But even, even if even if things get to the point where we can we can film some stuff like we did uh, like we did last year, and uh, and hopefully um, put out some some cool stuff at some stage. But um, but who knows? <laughs> Definitely, uh, mate, agreed. And on that depressing note, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go and eat some cake and drink some alcohol. <laughs> Yeah, because I write a song about it. <laughs> so, so because today's was it steak day for you? That's why we can do this tomorrow. But do no steak, steak. No tomorrow. You know what tomorrow is, don't you? Go on. You should know what tomorrow is, Alec Burnett. Benetti. <laughs> Whatever, mate. Spaghetti. <laughs> you should know. <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. Well, no, it's not because we don't know when this is going to air. 
<laughs> this is a live interview. No, I'm joking. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I know that it's Valentine's Day tomorrow. So yeah, so that's why I couldn't do it tomorrow. I've uh, I've got wrestling training with the wife. Ah, well, you enjoy wrestling training with the wife. <laughs> <laughs> She's the only person I'm allowed to wrestle at the moment. <laughs> well, that sounds pretty bad, actually, doesn't it? That sounds way worse than it should. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to let you go and enjoy the rest of the day and enjoy Valentine's Day tomorrow. And, oh, cool. Uh, Sorry, yeah? No, no, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, cheers for, for having a chat with me. Okay, mate, it's been lovely. All right, love you. (laughs) Bye, mate. So, there you go. That was uh, my little catch-up with uh, Brett Meadows, a.k.a. Damien, a.k.a. Sir Selfie, a.k.a. The Craft, the man of many names. Uh, and fabulous hair. Uh, that was my my little catch up with him. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that. Apologies uh, for a few little audio issues there, especially towards the end. But um, we're still learning. Well, I'm still learning with regards to the um, recording quality on those interviews. So uh, so bear with me, um, and hopefully we'll make some improvements. But uh, um, I think it was still a very enjoyable uh, discussion with Mr. Brett Meadows. Uh, next week we are going to tackle some of those fancy booking scenarios. So, uh, I'm going to be putting this up on uh, our social media um, with a few options. So, the first three that were voted in. So, let's have a look. Okay, so... Someone wanted uh, one of the suggestions that um, that we were given. Let's go from the... uh, Someone suggested how would the booker man book the return of alistair black how would the booker man book the uh book dolph ziggler post cash in and they've said there that it was the best cash in of all time um it was definitely one of the best um so how would uh, the booker man go about a dolph ziggler title reign following on from that cash in and the third choice that I'm going to give you is uh, rebooking Mr. Kennedy's Money in the Bank run. Um, would I have him win the belt as opposed to losing the briefcase? Uh, how would that story play out? So I'm going to make those three options available in a fan vote over on the Bookerman uh, Facebook page. And, uh, and yeah, you can get voting on that and we'll discuss whichever one of those um Whichever one of those is uh, is successful, we'll discuss that and see how I would have booked it differently. And also, uh, next week, we're going to have an interview with the one and only, the longest reigning DOA Adrenaline Division champion in company history. Um, some say that's just due, due to a pandemic, but <laughs> who knows? We will be chatting next week to Dexter. Uh, really looking forward to having a catch up with him and uh, and yeah that pretty much wraps up this week's Booker Man podcast and I really hope that you've enjoyed and that you'll stick around and join us next week um, when we'll be bringing that interview with Dexter. Take care everybody have a great week. <laughs>